Welcome to Enough with the Small Talk. I'm your host, Katie Lane. I'm your pain recovery coach and life coach, here to help you navigate this little thing we call living. Are you done with the surface level life? Over surface level conversations, you're craving that deep emotional support where you can bear your soul to someone who cares? That's me. I'm that person. I'm that best friend that everyone thinks is their therapist, you know, except I'm not a therapist, but that's okay. I'm here to emotionally support you, help you acknowledge and recognize the things that you've actually gone through, and to show you that what you feel is valid and that the key to moving forward and healing is understanding exactly who you are. So I can't wait to dive in. Welcome back. Today is the first, the beginning of what I have always in my head thought I would call the warrior spotlight. Um, This is bringing to you, the listeners and the rest of the world, the stories of my clients, the stories of all the wonderful women that I have worked with in the past and are currently working with, stemming all the way back from the Back Pain Lady Club to now the Inner Circle to now who I'm also working with in a one-on-one capacity. So the reason for this is there's so much healing in relatability. So when you listen and you hear the intimacies of these stories, you're going to see and feel pieces of yourself in these other people. Um, And it's the smallest details. You know, after we recorded this episode, Haley said to me, she was like, I don't know if people are going to find, you know, certain pieces of my story relatable. And I was like, Haley, that's the gold. Those pieces that she was worried about, if people would relate to or not, those are what make this so special because it's the intimacies of Haley's story that are so specific to her that I know there's going to be someone out there listening that feels this on a soul level. This is going to be us diving into her story. Her and I had a lot of fun with this. Shout out to Haley for being open and vulnerable and being willing to come on this platform and share her story. Um, She is just such an amazing person that I've had the pleasure of working with over the last year. We're going to get into the good stuff. Haley's mindset, her struggles, how she's overcome, her perspective, some of her experiences within the medical system and dealing with the diagnoses that she's gotten, her struggles and battles and things she's had to overcome and decisions that she's had to make as an entrepreneur and how living with chronic pain and chronic illness has affected her ability to live out her dreams and build a business. Um, We're really going to dive into it. So without further ado, I bring to you Haley Tucker. Haley and Katie coming to you live. Enough of the small talk. So I have been talking about starting this warrior spotlight for how long, Kaylee? Six months? I don't know. A while. Um, And I've had this thought of bringing on the ladies originally from the Back Pain Lady Club, now the Inner Circle, and sharing their stories. So I'm very excited to have you here, Haley. Tell us a little bit about you and how we connected and kind of your chronic pain, what it is that you've been dealing with. Yeah, so um, just a little context, medical context. I have um, fibromyalgia, so chronic pain, which 
um, is mostly in my back, which is sort of how I joined the back pain lady club. Yes. Um, and I also have dysautonomia, which is basically like autonomic dysfunction of things in your body that are supposed to function automatically, like temperature regulation, blood pressure, heart digestion, um, a whole bunch of fun stuff. Mm. Um, and then I have a couple circulation problems and um, interstitial cystitis, which I can't say cystitis. Sounds cystitis. terrible. Um, and then a bunch of other random things, but the big ones are fibro and the dysautonomia. Yeah. Um, so I met you through Instagram. Um, I don't even remember how our paths crossed to begin with, other than I ended up somehow watching some of your videos. And I was like, I like this energy. I like what she's saying. Um, so I, I think I started following you then, and you must've said something about starting the back pain lady club. Yeah. Um, and I remember I messaged you and I was like, so I don't have like herniated discs or anything. Um, but most of my pain is in my back. So does that mean I can join the yes. back pain lady club? Yes. Um, and then obviously it evolved like a lot from there, but and then I worked with you one-on-one for business stuff. Well, yeah, that was the original thing. I remember, I literally remember walking out in my driveway. I was going for a walk and you messaged me and you're like, I'm really interested and working with you for like entrepreneurship type stuff, but I also have back pain and would like to join the Back Pain Lady Club. Big, big reason why I changed the name of the Back Pain Lady Club is because I had a lot of people that came to me just like that, that liked the idea of the support, liked the idea of having community, liked the idea of the resources and everything that it was. And right. so like, I said I was very sentimental with the name, but decided it was probably best because it was deceiving in a way. Um, but that I so that was a big thing we wanted to talk about was we really connected on um Haley, you were you had this dream. I mean, you took your dream into is it fruition or fruition? I never know. Fruition, I think fruition. fruition. <laughs> so when Haley and I met she was at this point of kind of trying to figure out if your idea and your dream and what you were doing with your business was going to be sustainable, sustainable for you going forward physically and emotionally with everything that you had going on with chronic pain. Right. Can you elaborate on that a little bit of what your business was and like what your biggest struggles were and why you were kind of faced with this decision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were so many struggles. So yeah. for probably more than 10 years, I wanted to start a dog boarding business. Um, and I had, you know, along the way, I had different goals of having it be bigger or different services, but generally all the same idea yeah. <clears throat> for a decade. Um, tried to make it come true a few times and it didn't end up happening. But finally, um, in 2019, I started really starting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started construction and converted my garage into a dog boarding facility. Um, and then COVID happened and I was like, I'm just going to continue. I'm just going to press on whatever. Mm. It's a global pandemic, but it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it'll all work out. Um, 
And so I had, um, you know, endless support from people in my life, people I didn't even know, friends, family, people from high school, previous jobs, like everybody has been rooting for me to start this business for years and so everyone was super excited and supportive when it finally was happening um it started being really successful in late spring summer of 2020 like when people kind of started traveling a little bit again or no 2021 yeah yes yeah yeah can't it's all a blur really um But, and so when I started the business, it was sort of a question on whether it was going to help or hurt my illnesses, Um, you know, because like walking more movement is all supposed to be good for fibro. Um, So I thought, you know, doing that instead of a desk job might actually be better for me to get more movement. Um, But it was sort of a gamble. I didn't really know. And unfortunately, it hurt more than it helped. Yeah. Um, so pretty early on, I think March of 2021, I realized that it was not going well. Yeah. Um, you know, financially it was good. I was getting a lot of clients. That was all good. But the more clients I got, the busier I was, the less sleep I got, the more pain I was in. Yeah. The dizzier I got. Um, And so I started trying to figure out anything I could do to make the situation better, to make the business work, because this was my dream. Um, So I started working with um, a life coach. I had a therapist. I joined the Back Pain Lady Club. Then I started working with you one-on-one as like a life coach. Uh I mean, I was spending probably $4.50 a month just on emotional... Yeah, you and that that was one of the things that I think really drew me to you was I saw how you were so motivated and determined to make the best out of it. And like you weren't just like, oh, this isn't this isn't working or oh, you know, I don't feel good. You were like everything that you could seeing all these different doctors in the medical system, in the medical Mm -hmm. world, you were exhausting everything that you possibly felt you could there. Then you had a therapist, then you had a life coach. You were working with me in every capacity that I offered you. You were like, yes, (laughs) yes, 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 yes. Like that is someone you are dedicated to being successful, but also getting better and feeling better. So Mm -hmm. for you, when you had this realization of like, pretty much like, oh shit, this really isn't sustainable. Like, how was that for you emotionally? It was a real struggle um, because up until that point, pretty much, I was a very big, um, big promoter on my Instagram of saying things like, your illness doesn't define you right. or, you know, I'm not going to let my illnesses stop me or change my goals or my dreams. And then suddenly I was like smacked in the face with, oh, but it is going to affect all this. Right. Um, And even though I don't want it to, it is in a way going to define me and what I can and can't do. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, through that whole process, because I was in so much pain, I started to not even like what I was doing for work, which was a whole other 
you know, mind struggle to get around because I was like, this is what I have wanted to do for 10 years. This is what I thought my purpose was. Yeah. And suddenly like it was all crashing down um, due to things that I couldn't control, unfortunately, even though I was trying. Right. You were trying everything. And I remember that was a big thing that we were working through together was like, I remember I kept saying to you, like, do you feel like you're betraying yourself? You remember that? Like, do you feel like you're betraying yourself? And it seemed like that is how you felt. And which, and where I related to you on that feeling, like I always say, like all of our situations, oh, someone I was talking to the other day, Amanda, if Amanda's listening to this, I know she will. She said to me, you know how people say like, we're, we're all in the same boat. She said, we're not in the same boat. We're in the same storm. We're in the same storm. Everyone is in their own boat. Meaning like we can understand the situation, you know, because we've experienced similar things, but like at the end of the day, we're all in our own boats. I just, I love that. But um, where I related to that was because we started talking about your dream for this dog rescue that you had. And now you, you are realizing like this really, I've done everything I can which you did. You need to feel good about that. Like you did everything you could and it was still clear, but then you started realizing that maybe that's not what you wanted anymore. Genuinely. So I'm coming in hot for a second because I misspoke there and I want to clarify. So Haley's original dream and business that she did create and was very successful was a dog boarding business and she had ideas of this becoming bigger over time Um, so that was the original dream and what we uncovered together was she actually had a dream she really wanted to open a dog rescue eventually which is different Um, so this is where when we talk about her original dream was the dog boarding business and then we kind of realized that what she was doing isn't really the dream she had anymore anyway. And this was kind of that realization that was honestly kind of like, dang, because here she was doing this business that she worked so hard for and she had the support of so many other people to face with this decision to not only close it because it wasn't sustainable physically and emotionally, but also coming to the realization that this isn't even maybe what I want to do anymore. What an emotional roller coaster, right? So I want to clarify. Dog boarding is what she was successfully doing, what she originally thought was her dream. Come to find out this new dream is a dog rescue, which is actually quite different. And maybe what we uncovered would be that it might actually be a little bit more sustainable for her um, with what she's living with. All right, here we go. Right. Right. And that was, I related to you on this betrayal to yourself because for me, I had this whole life pictured for myself before I got hurt. And through the realizations I've had, like having kids, you, you know, that's been a big one for me, having a house, like all these Mm -hmm. different things. And I came to a similar realization of a, these things might not be possible. And then B, I started to be like, well, maybe I don't want all those things that I used to want. Like, maybe I don't feel the same. And that's hard. It's so hard. You have to sort of start reevaluating and reassessing everything. 
Right. And that phrase of like, my illness doesn't define me. Like uh, that was a big thing that I felt strongly about too, at the beginning when I got hurt, but then I kind of flipped the script. I think I did a podcast episode about this, about like a different spin on like, yeah, it does though. Like in certain ways it does. And we, and we kind of have to like own that to be okay with it because you did everything you could yet. You still had to make decisions based on your illnesses. So yes, in that sense, it did dictate your choices, but that's your life. And that's okay to like own that. Right. It is. And yeah, especially, you know, even when I was in my early twenties and people around me would be trying to figure out what they want to do with their life and what their purpose was. And I was like, I got mine. Like, I'm good. I know exactly what I'm going to do in life. Yeah. And then suddenly it was like, you know, and you and I talked about this too, where like you find purpose in other things. So you have to reevaluate your purpose. And so I sort of came to the realization and acceptance that maybe I can just find purpose in living a life that I enjoy. Um, And I think you even made the point that like, when you have chronic illness and chronic pain, it takes so much effort and energy every single day just to survive and remain functional. Um, So, you know, the, the simple little things that bring you joy are actually they become crucial. Absolutely. Um, And so I've sort of tried to shift my focus to those types of things and, you know, try to find purpose in living life, just doing things that make me happy. And maybe not, maybe it's not some huge, big goal at the end, like starting a business. I can like hear the, (laughs) because it's hard when you're like, um, a driven, like you're a very like success driven, motivated person. Like when I think of you and all my time spent with you in a one-on-one capacity, like I relate to you in that sense. Like you had a goal, you had a career, you saw the way you were going to make it happen. Like you were going to do it and you were going to be good at it and you did do it and you were wicked good at it and your business was so successful. And I know like that's going to be, that was really hard too. was like, it's not like your business folded and you decided to like walk away from it. You had a lot of clients that you loved. You had a booming business. Like that would have been, could have been a long-term, very successful thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's hard. I remember these conversations that you're, that you're referring to of like, you know, maybe the career, because then you got to a point where you had to start looking for other jobs. Mm -hmm. And that was forget people can't see me. (laughs) I'm doing hand motions here. That was a a transition. Yeah. Mentally for you. Um, Very anxiety and provoking. Yeah. What explain. And so it still is. So I've, I've gotten a job now, but, um, just the, the fear and anxiety of, my health and my pain and how that will affect a job. Um, Because unfortunately through running my business, my pain got very bad. My health declined a lot. Um, Mm. And so I'm still desperately trying to like climb back out of that hole and get to just a baseline 
of what I was. Um, but so there's always this fear, you know, can I work 40 hours a week again? Can yeah. I sit at a desk and do these jobs again? Um, do I need a fully remote job? Do I need a hybrid job? And I just, I was faced with so much anxiety that I wasn't going to be able to do a job again because of my pain. Yeah. And I found a job that's hybrid. So it's three days a week working from home, which is great. Um, but my pain is still really bad. And I'm, it's like, I don't know. It just makes me very worried that it's not going to improve. And, you know, it just starts a whole spiral. Yeah. I, one of the biggest ones we've talked about a lot is like the, just not being able to be self-sufficient, like financial self-sufficiency. That is so scary. And it's when you're physically incapable and emotionally too, like, that's the thing is a lot of this, like when you're dealing with so much pain and you're pulling from every straw that you possibly can and trying to do all the things like the emotional toll that that takes, like the capacity to not only sit with the pain and be in the pain, but to invest yourself mentally into a 40 hour (laughs) job, especially where you are a person who you're going to show up, you're going to do your best. You want to be successful. Like you have a reputation and you take pride in what you do. Like, right. That's a lot. It's draining, very draining. It is draining. And the fear of like, and see what me and you are in a little bit different situations because what you have, the diagnoses that you have are like, as of right now, there's a lot of them that you don't know if you'll ever get better. Right. Is how you feel. And that that's what doctors are telling you. That's what your own life you've been doing what you can do you and you're still failing to see improve the improvement that you would want. Right. So of course it makes sense that you're, you're going to feel hopeless. Yeah. Like that's, that's the reality of it. You know, and I think a lot of people, you got to be hopeful. You got to be da, 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 think positive, think positive. And we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about like having realistic opt- optimism, believing that it's possible that you could get better, but also seeing the reality that this is my life. And what if I don't, what does that mean? Right. It's scary. It's so And then I think, you know, even if, could I even get on disability if I wanted to, you know, I know that whole process is a shit show. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then even if I was on disability, I know that it wouldn't be enough to pay my bills. Right. I've accumulated so much debt in the last two years, um, like business debt, Mm. medical expenses from having crappy insurance. Right. And yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't, I have to work. Like there's no, there's no other option. And God forbid, if I didn't have my partner bringing in his income, yeah, I would be SOL. You know, that was a big thing. You know, um, everything that I just went through with the disability hearings and pulling myself off and, Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things that 
one of my points was in sharing my story with the judge, right? And talking about my situation. And I remember saying to Eric, I'm like, you know, I'll be okay. And I'm so grateful that I have you, Eric, you know, and another, we have two incomes in this household. And I was like, dang, like, imagine if I was single, imagine if I was alone and having to come up with, you know, 1500 bucks a month for rent or a mortgage. Like it's, I'm like, where's the in-between, you know, because it's like, that's what I think about a lot is like, Where's the in-between between real life and, and, and being on disability? I guess real life's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like being a fully functioning human and then disability, because what I struggled with the disability was like, it was very black and white. Like either you're fully right. incapacitated basically, or you, or you're not, or you get denied. And like, to me, I'm like, you know, I have the capacity to bring in a certain amount with what I'm doing on my own terms right? I've created my own business that I can lay down and I can sit with you for an hour throughout the day, whatever. But like, I started thinking about the, I'm like, what about the people who like, don't have that in them? A, the drive, B, the like, the, they see an opportunity or there is something they feel they can do to create an income like that. Mm -hmm. Like, what about the people that I kind of lost my train of thought, (laughs) but just like there's an in-between, like there's no in-between. And I was just like, dang, like if I wasn't who I am, I could, I would, I might be like really screwed. Right. And I feel like I'm sort of in that in-between category right now too, where like I might be denied disability because technically I can go to work. Like technically I can hold down a desk job and work 40 hours a week, but right. it's not, it's, it's just not sustainable. Like it's making my pain worse. It's making my health worse. And so it's just pushing through the pain basically because there's no other option. Right. And I don't know what the answer is. You know what I mean? Like I'm, it's not that I necessarily think like we should all be getting paid or that we should, but it's like, what, there is no good because it's like, like my situation right now, I've come really far, but like, if I didn't have what I've created, I physically could not still go work somewhere else. Like I legitimately, I would have to go to the hospital. I would be in so much pain. Right. And it's like, but there's no either you do that, either you go and you be in that agonizing pain. And then part of me is like, there needs to be better. Then I, then I switch gears to the medical system. And I'm like, like, for me, I am making progress. There is still a lot with me. I feel like that is unknown, but like the injury I've been able to seek and find people outside of the medical system that I feel Mm I've been able to help me make progress where you haven't had that, that kind of success in finding someone else that has really been able to provide you with like helpful things to help you move forward with your illnesses. Right. So I'm like, dang, the medical system needs to be better. Like fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, 
if you, what you think fire, like, do you have in the back of your mind, what you actually think is wrong with you? I don't even know anymore, to be honest. I used to think that fibro was, um, I called it a wastebasket diagnosis, where yeah. it was basically like, we've ruled out everything else by blood tests or whatever tests, and you don't have lupus, scleroderma, whatever else. Mm. And we don't really know what's wrong with you. So we're going to say you have fibro. That right. was sort of, that was my belief for a long time. Yeah. Um, now I kind of feel like I've literally ruled out every single thing that I could. Yeah. So I've sort of just accepted fibro. And I do think that more is being learned about fibro. Yeah. Um, but now, like, I do also think that emotions and trauma and, you know, overactive nervous system, like all this stuff yeah. compiles together into a major shit, shit show. I'm going to use that word again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say shit storm. Yeah. yeah. And like, if we think about it, right, because I learned a lot about this and everything that I've been doing and is like just on the premise of our nervous system, someone in your situation, right? Dealing with all the pain, dealing with all the stress and the anxiety, all the unknowns, trying to figure out how you're going to like survive and make ends meet and be successful and take care of yourself. And your nervous system is maxed out 24 seven. So if your nervous system is a huge part, which I totally agree with you and believe like the trauma, how it's stored in the body, our nervous system, our emotions, you're in this evil cyclical cycle of not being able to like bring that down because you're constantly freaking out about everything else. Right. There's, there's no escape from it. There's no like, oh, I can go have a break and take some deep breaths and forget about my problems. Like, yeah, there, it's your body. Like, Right. Um, one of the best things I think I ever heard was my other life coach who said she was talking about how if you get in a car accident and you have some trauma from that car accident, you can avoid riding in a car. You can avoid driving in a car if you mm. choose to. Mm. So you don't get triggered or, you know, have that um, reaction. But if your body is the trauma, mm. you can't avoid it. Like you can't right. get away from it. So it's just constant. <laughs> right. And I'm sure I am always that person that whether I know the answer or see the answer, like I'm sure, and it's a constant search. And I've talked about this a lot. Like we're always on the hunt for that like person or that method or that knowledge that's going to be able to help us. Like I'm sure as you continue, the hope is you can get connected with someone or something that can help you work through this and bring your nervous system down. And hopefully you do start to see a difference, but it's, it's so hard. Like I'm definitely a person that I look at like nutrition and mineral deficiencies. Like I definitely think chronic illness is related to a lot of like nutritional, hormonal, mineral deficiencies. That being mm -hmm. said, that being said, that is so hard to fix or correct. Like there's very few people in the mainstream that we've talked about in the mainstream medical world that are even willing to go there. Right. 
right? Especially with the hormones. Yeah, we were talking about this in the inner circle of how all of us women, there's like six or seven of us in there, all of us women at one point throughout our like pain journey, illness journey, made a correlation or at least thought like our period, our hormones, because our periods are like death, literally like death. Okay, we made the connection. Go to the primary care, ask for a hormone test. They all said no. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> right, red flag. <laughs> red flag. And I follow a lot of like um, functional, new, like medicine, nutritional hormone coaches online. And I know there's something out there. Like I know that there is um there is more that we can be doing for ourselves it's hard because not only is it a fi- it's a financial investment it's an emotional mm-hmm. investment right like i have so many things that i want to do for myself like so many different coaches and specialists and people online that are outside of the mainstream medical world that like i want to work with that i know will help me but sometimes we're just not in the space. Like I know if I were to work with like a, I have one girl right now that I'm, I applied, I'm on the wait list. And I know if she were to say right now, like I can take you, I'd be like, I don't like, I'm not, I don't have the mental capacity to fully commit myself to this right now. Right. And that can be frustrating when you're someone who, knows like do you feel like do you have an inner knowing that yeah there probably is more that I could be doing for myself oh absolutely it's just it's so much work to do all of the things yeah and like you said financially too I mean like I know that a weekly deep tissue massage would benefit me greatly but I don't have an extra 400 to 500 a month to spend on massages so it's, it's a weird, like balancing act of figuring out all the different things you need to do Mm. to help yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever it is. And then which ones are attainable, which ones are feasible, what combination of them is going to be beneficial. Right. Like, and then which one's a priority, which one's a financial priority, which one's right. Urgency. Yeah. It's, there is definitely like a strategic, I've said this before, like there's definitely a strategic approach to healing, like of money, time, energy output. Like it takes, we're like a constant experiment and a constant equation where the factors and the variables, like I think of like a study where you have like the controls, you have the variables, like there's so many variables that, which is it's good that we have so many things that we, that are variable that are in our control but it's definitely hard to figure out which ones to focus on and how much to invest because everything we try to, like how many times have you tried a new treatment, a new prescription, seen a new fucking doctor only to be left with more confusion and no results and maybe more side effects. Right. It's like, I was actually just thinking about that, how I've, it's almost been 10 years since I was diagnosed with fibro Mm. and I still don't have a good idea of what to do to make it better. I mean, I know some things obviously, yeah, 
it's like, I'm still going to different doctors. I'm still trying different prescriptions. I'm still trying different treatments. I'm still doing all my own research to figure out these things. Yeah. Um, like the trigger point injections, my rheumatologist, my PCP, the pain clinic, nobody ever suggested those before. Mm-hmm. And I read about them. Um, some other pain clinic was doing them. So I asked about it and they're like, oh yeah, let's try that. So it's, it's like constant self-advocating, constant research, and that's, constant searching. Right. And that's exhausting too. And you know, all of you listening and Haley knows that's one of my biggest, like, I don't know, uh, messages, I guess, is to be like, you have to be, it's exhausting and it's a lot of work and it's uncomfortable. Like we've talked a lot in the inner circle about like, people pleasing like not Mm -hmm. wanting to like cause waves or like just being really like being in an advocate role for other people is is easier a lot of times than being in an advocate role for ourselves. absolutely yeah um but we have to be I'm super curious about like your experience with the diagnosis of fibromyalgia and how you've been treated in the medical world like like as a person how they've have you felt dismissed? Have you felt blown off? Have you felt like they're not really even trying to figure it out? Like, yeah, I've definitely, I mean, I've definitely felt all those things. I've seen a lot of different doctors for a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, Not even, not even just the fibro, just you in general, I guess, like your experience with that, what's up. Yeah. I remember, um, I went to a dermatologist. I think it was right before I was diagnosed with fibro but so I was there for like a skin issue Mm. but we got talking about all these other things and he started suggesting people I could go to he said he could refer me to a place in Boston he thought I should go get a certain blood test he was very concerned and I I was like blown away this was like the first person who isn't even specializing in these issues I was there for something else but he was the first person that I was like, he actually cares. Like yeah. you could just tell that he cared. Um, and I think, I don't know. Sometimes I just think you can tell like when someone, when a doctor is invested or oh, when they're just like, well, here, try this prescription. We don't know. Good luck. Yeah. And um, the rheumatologist that I finally got back in to see this past summer and fall, he was really nice and really understanding at first, really supportive. I felt really great about him. Mm. We tried two different prescriptions. And then he was the one that basically was like, well, taper off this prescription because it's not working and you should go see the pain clinic. And I was like, but the pain clinic is who referred me to you to Mm. begin with. But it was like, at that moment, I could tell that he checked out. Yep. He was like, I've done what I can. There's nothing else I can do for her. Refer her to someone else. Yeah. Which sucks. (laughs) It does suck. And I feel that was my experience as well with, I don't want to say every, but I really, I'm like going through the doctors in my head, you know, it was even some of the doctors and it's not that they're like, not good people. I've had, I like, a. 
an anger, an air about me when I talk about doctors in the medical world. And I've changed my, my tune a little bit because I don't, it, I was really mad at, at the doctors, like personally for a long time. Like when I was in mm-hmm. the thick of it, I, it was personal and I was personally like pissed at them. But then as I started to like remove myself from the medical system as a whole and started working with someone like Nick, you know, functional movement therapy and seeking outside of that, that's when like the system became very clear to me of like, there, a lot of them are doing the best that they can within like a broken system because I started to realize like they only have 15 minutes between patients or they're only, they only have 15 minutes with us. Right. Like how the hell and, and they only have their wheelhouse. Like that was a big realization for me was realizing that like Western medicine is prescriptions or like surgery of some sort, usually. Right. And that's like, not always what I don't think like I didn't, I wasn't aware of that when I started going to the doctor that like, that was pretty much all I was going to walk away with was either like a prescription of some sort or like PT or an injection or surgery. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. realize, and I kept going looking for something different. And then I had this realization of like, Katie, you're never going to find what you're looking for with them. Right. Have you felt like that? Yeah. I mean, and I've even had, doctors or you know residents tell me that it's hard for them when they can't fix it yeah so I started sort of trying to see it from that perspective too where you know they might also be looking for that one thing that's going to fix the patient's problem right but these complex cases of chronic pain or multiple different illnesses I feel like a lot of them are just either not equipped, they don't have the time. I think that's a big or, one. Yeah, or they just, they've tried everything. Right. They don't know what else to try. And it's, you reach a dead end and they probably feel crappy about it too, but. Right, of course. And that's like, you know, I think anyone that gets into the medical field does it for, with really good intention because they're good right. human and they want to help other people. And I was, I think I was talking about this with Nick of like, how soul crushing is that for these practitioners that go into the medical world and then realize like, they're not really equipped to help people in the capacity, you know, they do help a lot of people in a very large capacity, like people in this type of situation, when they realize like, we don't have the time or the resources to invest in this person. And if they don't have a place to refer you. Mm -hmm. And that was like, that was a big realization for me was we have to go to people who have the time and who have the resources. What that means for us usually is it's a much larger dollar amount investment. Right. Because they're, a lot of them are not dictated by the insurance companies. Amen, Haley. Which is both like a blessing and a curse sometimes. Well, it is because, right, a lot of people rely on their insurance to help with the financial side of things, right? And these practitioners go outside of insurance companies to not be dictated, but then they are limited um, 
with the clients they can see because it's based on financial ability. Right. Which is a real thing. Not everyone is, is in a position to invest in something like that. So uh, it's hard. Just a deep rabbit hole to go into. I know we could talk about this for (laughs) hours. You know, I can. Uh, (laughs) Oh my Lord. But so for you, right. Being the type of person that you are, when I think of Haley, I think of you are motivated. You want to do well like that. It sounds so simple, but like, I just feel that on a soul level for you. Like you really just want to do well, right? Yeah. You want to be successful. Like you want to feel good about your house. Like I know having your house, like look good and decorated and the aesthetics of it. Like you like that, like, uh, and for you living with all of these hurdles, right? Someone that wants to do so good and be so well. And like, you want to have a full life. Like you want to travel. Like you want to have the adventure. You want to do the things and being so limited in the last like year, right? We've talked about like what have been in a, in a good way, like what have been some of your most pivotal kind of realizations or mindset kind of shifts for you? I think acceptance is a huge one. You know, accepting that my illness does define me, accepting that I do have limits and limitations, accepting that I do need help with things around the house or, you know, with whatever, and accepting that I do need to rest and I do need to prioritize my sleep and my rest or, you know, my body is not going to do well. Yeah. Um, and that's very hard for me too, because I'm like a go, go, go type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to make plans. I like to do things and yeah, that's just, that's just been huge. Um, learning how to be okay with like laying on the couch instead of vacuuming my house. Yeah. is huge for me. Do you have like, I'm thinking of people listening to this, right? were there key things that helped you get there that you can think of? I don't even know. I don't think that it was just a process really of working with all the different people that I worked with. Um, Just learning more about the nervous system and my illnesses and what my body needs and doesn't need and putting it all together in this puzzle yeah that you may not like but you have to learn to accept and adapt um I really tried to like focus on that word too because just because I have pain or illness doesn't necessarily mean that I can't do something but I might have to adapt or change my way of doing it or like unloading the dishwasher I hate doing dishes, but I used to unload the dishwasher, do the dishes, load them back up. And I can't do that because that kills my back. Yeah. So now I have to like unload the dishwasher in intervals throughout the day or multiple days and then load it in intervals. Um, So a task that should take 
I don't know what, 15 minutes is dragged out sometimes over days. Yeah. And that's hard for me too, but I've sort of just, I don't know, I'm sort of just learning to be okay with it because I have to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like there was another one I was going to say. I think just like priorities. Um, yep. Like running the business really opened my eyes to some of my priorities because mm-hmm. I thought that running a business 24-7 every day of the year would be fine. I thought that I could sacrifice time with friends and family and my partner and my pets and I thought it'd be fine and it was not fine Yeah, because going back to like the little things that are big things those were things that were keeping me at a baseline of happiness even with all my shitty health stuff right so then when I took those away right I didn't have like any joy right it's that just- yeah that was that that was that conversation we were having about kind of shifting your mind from like how do I word this now like if I'm not doing my business I'm not like living in my purpose or I'm not fulfilling my happiness and I remember asking you like what actually makes you happy Haley now and it was like going to cookouts spending time with my family like being with Michael you know like these things that you weren't any longer able to do because your business burnt out your capacity to do it and in like working through it and talking through it it was like holy I remember you being like oh my god (laughs) like (laughs) my business and what I thought was my purpose isn't even what makes me happy anymore. So maybe right. it's okay if I have more of like a low key job that isn't as fulfilling and like, you know, meaningful to you in a sense, but it opens up the time for you to do the things with your family and Michael and go to your friends and do all those things. It was like shifting your view of what like a happy life for you even looked like. Right. And I think what was hard for you was that it, in, in, in doing that, it's almost like you had to lower the bar for yourself. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like, which is hard not, for me, yeah, <laughs> which is not something you do. No, no. But again, it's adapting. A hundred percent. I think the things you brought up are huge, completely on point adapting the acceptance see like acceptance goes key with adapting because it's like once you have that acceptance of this is where I'm at right now you then adapt more freely without feeling like a piece of shit right like that I can't (laughs) do these things right yeah um and then you said I'm just bullet pointing and then we'll wrap this up um, the adapting, the acceptance, and you were talking about how you were working with all those different people and educating yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are right in alignment with all the things I always hit home. You're right on the money. Education, advocacy, acceptance, adaptation. Is that the right <laughs> way to say that word? Adaptation. What about yeah. support? Yeah, that is a huge piece. And I know like we've talked about this before in the inner circle, how 
there's not always one answer. You need a bunch of different things. You might need Western medicine. You might need holistic medicine. You might need a massage. You might need a prescription. You might need to change your diet. You might need to see a therapist support group. Um, all these things. You might, hold on. You cut out. You might need to see a therapist. You might need a support group. That's what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, all of these things come together to help you. And support is huge, I think. Whether that's coming from a therapist or life coach or a support group or a partner or family or friends. Right. Like, if you don't have that, you can feel really alone. Yeah. Which is you know, not great for your emotional health, which is not going to help your physical health. So yeah, yeah, there's so many pieces and moving parts. <laughs> and one of the things we didn't even get to, we're going to have to do another episode. <laughs> um, one of the things we didn't get to that you've talked about before is like really struggling emotionally with people not understanding, like people in your inner circle, like in your close circle, in your real everyday life, not necessarily understanding yeah um which is how 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 does that tie in which is why i created <laughs> it was about related <laughs> now the inner circle but that's that's honestly the inner circle that's what that name meant to me was like regardless of what you're going through whether it's a trauma the pain the illness blah, 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 is it your inner circle of people that get it right like you have your inner circle because we don't always have nine times out of 10, we're not going to have people in our everyday life that do really get it on the level that people who have lived it are going to get it. Right. You always say that, you know, you're holding space or it's a safe place to talk about things. And right. I think that is so true. And it's, it's so important to have a safe space to talk about things, to vent, to, you know, not worry that you're going to be judged or criticized it's just so helpful yeah because we feel the way we feel for a reason and being able to say what we feel and then be met with nothing but like either a solution criticism or judgment what good does that actually do like how does that right. actually help you move forward in any way it doesn't right. i'll tell you it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> right it's almost doing the opposite because then you just start to like go inwards and bottle everything up and you're like, okay, well, I'm just not going to, not going to talk about this with anybody. Exactly. Well, this was great. We covered a lot of stuff. We did per usual. <laughs> Took us a minute to get in our flow there. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I think we should do this again. And I appreciate you for coming on and opening up your life to us. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Oh, man, I really hope you enjoyed listening to Haley's story and what she shared today. There's so much more that makes up Haley and her story and the intimacies and the battles that she's gone through. But Haley is someone who her and I really connected on how our brains work. Her, her brain is really systematic, like logical, systematic. Um, 
which can kind of be a blessing and a curse when it comes to living with chronic pain or illness. Um, but what I admire so much about Haley is she always rises to the occasion. You know, she was she has been faced with a lot of big decisions. Um, and she hasn't shied away from them. She's gotten help. She's gotten support. She's approached things from every angle to make the best decision that she thinks she can for herself. And I really just admire her dedication to wanting to do the right thing all the time. And her perseverance throughout all this, like just being knocked down time and time again and being so discouraged and being so tired and being so exhausted all the time, yet finding that new job, making that decision with her business based on what, at the end of the day, if it, even though it wasn't what she wanted, she knew it's truly what was best for her. Those types of decisions are not easy. They don't always feel rewarding in the moment, but they will be rewarding tenfold in the long run. I fully, fully believe that. Haley, I love and appreciate you so much. So happy and glad to have you on this podcast. And we will talk to you guys soon. As always, take care of yourself. Bloopers. We have to do this like a conversation. We need to shake it out. Shake it out. Am baby. I supposed to talk like, like I'm just talking to you? So like yeah. I would say, I met you on Instagram, yes. not yeah. I met Katie on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready? Ready? We're gonna start over. Okay. <laughs> start from the beginning. Okay. No, we're not. Keep going. So yeah, you met me. <laughs> okay. Yes. Talk to um, me. Talk to me. Okay. Okay. Okay, you guys, I'll catch you on the next episode.